Welcome to the Voices of the Elephant podcast. Each episode of Voices of the Elephant brings you an interview with a member of the PHP community. From project leaders to user group organizers, we talk to the people that are helping make the PHP community special. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Voices of the Elephant. My name is Cal Evans, and my special guest today is none other than Mr. Michael Musa. Say hi to Mike. Say hi to everybody, Mike. Hey, everybody. Now, Mike, you're just down the road from me, and you're actually, you're even closer to Adam, our co-host. You're down in Miami, right? I am. Yeah, okay. Very cool. So this is an all-Florida group. My co-host for this episode is Mr. Adam Culp, the um, Mr. Sunshine PHP. Say hi to everybody, um, Adam. Hey, everyone. <laughs> Glad to have you back in. Oh, for today, uh, today's episode, I am rocking my Linux for PHP t-shirt. Let's see if I can get that up there. There we go. And um, there That's a good dive place, right? Yeah, that's a good dive place. Yes, thank you, Joe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, you know, it, normally, I, I do not um, hand out sponsorships for t-shirts. You have to be at least as awesome as Andrew Kea for me to even consider it. But Andrew sent me this t-shirt, and they are awesome. And so I thought I would... Um, wear it during this and help promote his project Linux for PHP. Okay, Michael, um, you're here, you're speaking at Sunshine 2019, and we're gonna get to your talk in just a minute, but first, when we started discussing um, different topics, you said that you're, you're gonna be preparing a talk on machine learning, and I, I had no idea that you were into machine learning. Talk to us a little bit about um, what you're thinking about for your talk. Yeah, so I, I am into machine learning in the in the sense that I am curious about learning more. Uh, I'm not quite a machine learning expert right now, uh, and that's that's really how in the past at least I've liked to come up with talk ideas and and write talks. Uh, I try to think of something that I have enough of a personal interest in to want to learn more, um, and use the prospect of giving a talk on it and teaching others how to do it as motivation for myself to to learn more. So I'm. At least with with some past talks, I haven't been an expert on the on the day that I came up with the talk idea, but I certainly made sure to um, build that knowledge myself and uh, and prepare a good talk for people by the time the event rolls around. I used um, to have a, a design patterns talk in PHP that I did at ZenCon one year, and the exact same thing. Everybody kept talking about design patterns, and I'm like, I need to learn more about this. Hey, why don't I go ahead and commit to a talk on it, and that will force me to learn it. And it was one of the more fun talks that I, when I ended up um, finishing writing it, it was one of the more fun talks uh, that I had giving, so... Yeah, fear of uh, of giving a terrible talk in front of a bunch of people is a great motivator to to learn and to and to do a good job of it. Absolutely. So what I what I've really been looking for is to like I have not seen a a concise um, hour long session that is really a good introduction to machine learning for for developers. I've seen some that are that really go into the theory, that really go into the math of it, and others that just show you, oh, here's how you use. Um, some third-party services or some libraries to do this, but I, I really want a good balance of the two. Like, yeah. here's enough about machine learning for you to understand what's going on uh, and then to feel comfortable using it because you know the, uh, the principles. Well, that is great. Do you, so are you going to do any, um, not, I, I don't know if, if live coding is the right term for machine learning, but you're going to do any, any, any live demonstrations in the, are you thinking about that or is sort it of. just showing, showing the code to get to where you want to go sort of so in the in the past when I gave my first few talks and, and Adam can attest to that I did a lot of uh, live at the keyboard demoing and it always went really well um, but in in recent times I've been using either uh, um, pre-recording or 
um, uh, you know, displaying what the results would have been. And I find that that makes the talk go a lot more smoothly. Yeah. And even though I haven't had issues before with, uh, with issues with live, live demos, um, by not doing them, I can make the chance of that happening zero. So most likely what I'll do is I'll either record things ahead of time or, or display output just to keep things flowing smoothly. I learned that lesson about live coding early on. Um, my uh, One of my very first speaking engagements was when I was at Zend and they sent me to be the closing keynote at the Apple FileMaker conference, 1500 people. And I get up there and I had practiced uh, while everybody else was at lunch, I'd practiced and everything worked beautifully. And um, then I get up and start doing my talk and a third of the way in, I go in and start clicking buttons and all the attendees had sucked up all the IP addresses. <laughs> so there was no internet yeah. for Cal. And uh, it was one of those I ended up going, well, if you could see it, you would say, hey, I got to get me some of that. So yeah. if there's anything yeah. riskier than a live demo, it's a live demo that requires internet connectivity. <laughs> yeah. And so I learned early on, you take screenshots of your programs and um, you, you do less of the live and you do much more of the cooking show type thing where you have the finished product already prepared. And once you finish showing what you would do, then you bring out the finished product. All your, all your spices measured out, all your yep. stuff yep. chopped up. Mm -hmm. those, those people have been doing it long enough. They understand how it's just, we've got to figure out how to adapt that to ours. So yep. you, you, you're building a talk um, on machine learning. That sounds fascinating. I, I've not seen, you're right, I've not seen a lot of stuff in our space for that. I know there are a couple of PHP libraries for it, but not, there's not a lot of stuff in PHP for machine learning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my, my, uh, my inclination for a talk like this would be to, uh, so my, my, the uh, basis of my work now, I don't do much direct PHP development anymore. I'm uh, more in a cloud architect type position, um, primarily uh, with AWS, uh, working for Rackspace. And what I'm likely to do is see how I can use AWS services to do machine learning um, tasks on PHP projects. So oh. kind of to show that you don't have to, you know, you don't have to learn Python or you don't have to learn all these other languages to use um, these types of services or you don't have to implement them yourselves in, in PHP. I look forward to seeing this talk. This is, um, this is going to be a good one. So do um, I. <laughs> hey, um, another topic that, you know, for those who don't know, I, I send out emails to the participants and say, hey, what do you want to talk about? Because I got tired of a long time ago just bringing topics on people and them going, ah, ah, ah. so I, I ask them. And one of the things you, you suggested was um, you have a very controversial stand on Friday deploys. Yes. Talk to us about that. I, I love deploying on Fridays. Do you just um, love working weekends? Is that what it is? <laughs> no. Uh, ever since I discovered um, uh, unit testing, integration testing, uh, continuous integration, uh, monitoring, logging, things like that, mm -hmm. um, I've found that my applications were more stable and less error prone and, and everything like that. So um, at, my, at my last company, we we deployed on Fridays all the time. Um, mm -hmm. This doesn't mean that everybody should start deploying on Friday, like right now, um, but you should strive to get yourself in a position where deploying on a Friday is not a big deal. Yeah. Um, nobody deploys on Monday or Tuesday expecting things to break. Why should you deploy on Friday expecting things to break? Just it's if you can point. treat it like another day, do it. It's a, it's a good point. And if you have your continuous integration built properly and you have your unit tests so that you are confident that your 
application will work, then there's no problem. Let me ask you this. What do you do for database um, changes? How do you handle something like that? So what I've done, and, and I actually uh, mentioned some of this in my, in my CICD talk, uh, what I like to try to do is I like to structure my database changes and code changes in such a way that the changes that I'm going to be making to my schema or to my code are, are backwards compatible with each other. And I'll do two deployments rather than just one. And uh, what I mean by that is let's say that I'm making a change to the database that drops a column mm -hmm. that um, uh, my code currently depends on. I will deploy a version of the code that checks to see if that column is there. If it is, it'll do whatever it's currently doing with that column. And if it's not, it won't do anything. Then I will make the schema change. So I know that that version of the code that I have out there will work in either case, either the column's there or the column's not. And then I'll deploy a new version of the code that removes the logic depending on that column. Uh, in all but the biggest, uh, like, the kinds of schema changes that you'll you'll need to have a maintenance window because they take so long and things like that. In all but the, those cases, it works uh, pretty well. That's fascinating because we have an automated, well, semi-automated deploy system at um, Nexus. But that's always the question that I have when I see these is how do you take it to the final step of fully automated and keep the database thing? But uh, you're right. If you step carefully and you stage your deploys in multiple deploys, that, that that really works. Yeah, hey, I want to talk about CI and CD a bit more, um, but before we get there, I want to talk about two projects, uh, three projects. First of all, Linux for PHP. That's Andrew Kaya. You can find out information on them on Twitter, at Linux4PHP. And um, Andrew's a good friend of mine, and this is a fun project, so you need to check them out. Second of all, I run a conference, an online conference called Day Camp for Developers. We do two or three events per year. They're always one day thing and they are focused on one topic. We've not done CIDC or CICD yet and we probably need to, um, Michael, and have you on to talk. Uh, but we've got one coming up in January um, on performance. But if you're listening to this after January 2019, we've always got something um, in the works. So join our mailing list. You can find out more information at Day Camp, the number four developers.com. And of course, we're here um, talking to you, Michael, and Adam's with us because of Sunshine PHP 2019. They've got a fantastic lineup there. Hey, um, I don't know about, uh, all three of us are in Florida, so it's no big deal, but I got friends up in the north. I was talking to a friend of mine up in um, Connecticut earlier today, and she says they've already got snow. My friends in Detroit already have snow. I, I'm sitting here in shorts, you know, yeah. so um, there's a lot worse place that you could be than Miami in February, okay? Adam, what are the dates on this? So the, the conference is February 7th to the 9th. On the 7th is our tutorial day, uh, and then the 8th and 9th are the, the official days of the conference with the breakout sessions and keynotes. Wow, very cool. Now, Tell us something that you haven't told anybody else yet about so something that's exciting you about Sunshine. I know you've got things you're not going to tell people yet, but give, give us something um, that you, you know, one speaker other than Michael that you're, you're really excited or a new concept that you've got, something like that. So, so this year we've got a keynote speaker who is, is somebody I never imagined I would have as a keynote speaker. Uh, so, so as you know, I, I, I try to handpick my keynotes to be certain things. And I, and I work with the keynote speakers on their keynotes to, to make sure that it is geared toward the, the theme of the conference. I am this well year, aware of this process. Yeah, <laughs> this year, our theme is lead. Right. We've we've gone through many iterations of the conference. This is our seventh year and the, and the, the theme this year is lead. 
Well, I reached out to Chris Harches, who's a good friend of mine from Toronto. Many of you might know him as a grumpy programmer, um, an advocate for unit testing in PHP. And I, I said, Chris, you know what? I, I, I really think that, uh, that, that you could deliver an awesome keynote uh, along the, the theme of lead. And so I've been working with him um, and, and we've been coming up with a keynote and I think it's going to be an amazing keynote. I'm really looking forward to it. So uh, now this year I'm doing something a little bit different. In previous years, we had uh, five keynotes. We had a, a, a morning or the opening keynote, then we had an afternoon keynote the first day. Second day, we had the second day keynote and the, the afternoon keynote and then the closing keynote as well. So we had five keynotes. This year, I'm doing it a little bit different. I'm having an opening and a closing keynote, and then I'm having general session talks in the other slots. So they're not talks that I really feel are keynote. Um, their keynotes, I think, are supposed to be inspirational. It's supposed to be a call to action for, for you to get off your butt and do something and motivate you to do it, right? And so I think the opening and closing keynote are definitely that. Um, but I wanted to go a little different direction. So I made the other three sessions general sessions where everybody in the, in the, in, in the entire conference, all the attendees get together for a given topic. The topics still are leaning toward the lead theme, but they're not keynotes. They're more, they might include a little bit more information, training, things like that. So it's kind of like a, almost like a soft skills session that leans toward the theme. So, so that's what that's something we're doing a little different this year. Very cool. Yeah, you and I have discussed keynotes at length. Of course, you know, I've, um, this is the first year um, at Sunshine that I've not been one of the keynotes. And um, that's my decision, not Adam's. Adam didn't kick me out. I, I, I just you know, needed to take a, a, a break from it. And quite honestly, the irony is I'm writing a keynote on um, – on my mailing list, showing people how I write keynotes, all about leadership. So, but um, that you know that was uh, my decision. But you and I have talked about uh, keynotes, and you and I have both seen conferences where they had a very good plenary session. Everybody in there, and they called it a keynote, and it was technically it was it was a great technical session, but it wasn't a keynote because a keynote right. is supposed to inspire. You know, I used to tell um, this whoever the CEO was at Zen when was when I was doing the um, the ZenCon, um, the opening keynote should first of all reassure everybody that they've made the right decision by using PHP and then inspire them that there's new stuff coming down the pipe that's going to get them excited. So um, Chris is Chris will do a good one. Uh, you and I, a lot of people might not know Chris as well as you and I, you and I know that um, what he does on Twitter is largely an act and that he's really not that person. But Performance arts, right. Yes, but it is still fun to watch him be that person every now and then. Yes, it is. Okay, uh, we've wandered way off topic. Michael, I apologize for that. Um, <laughs> no Adam and I get talking inside baseball, and um, that's probably um, not, not fair to anybody else. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Michael, you are speaking at Sunshine 2019, and um, let's talk a little bit about your talk. We, we've hinted around it, but... Give us the, you know, the, the topic and then give us a taste of what people are going to see. Sure. So I, I've done a lot of work in the past with various uh, forms of CICD, uh, various um, types of deployment uh, tools. Uh, and I, I recently, well, not recently, I wrote this talk a, a while back, uh, started using the AWS uh, developer tools for deployment, um, code deploy, code build, and code pipeline. And they are, they're very powerful, very versatile, 
and they're also a bit difficult to figure out how to use. Uh, and I've, I've seen that sort of feedback from people whenever they've used uh, um, a lot of these services. Uh, so I wrote this talk in order to, A, to educate myself better on how these, um, these tools work together, uh, and B, to show other people that, hey, it's, it's not that difficult once you figure out how to use it, once somebody shows you um, how it works. And so I, the, the, the progression of my talk is I start with a very simple, um, hey, I want to deploy a, I'm going to deploy a very trivial Hello World PHP script to one server and then build on it from there. Okay, I don't want to just deploy a simple script to one server. I want to deploy to a group of servers or to an auto-scaling group. I don't want to deploy a simple script. I want to deploy a real application with real dependencies. Okay, I want to have this happen without my servers going down while I'm receiving traffic. And then I want to build on that and uh, build pull requests and have a, a, an actual pipeline for staging and production deployments and, and things like that. So I build up from small and, and go up to there. Can't wait. It sounds like it's going to be a fascinating um, session. Hey, we're hitting up on, uh, we're coming up on our time limit. So I want to say, Michael and Adam, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be with us here today. And for all of you listening here, we appreciate you taking the time for um, being a part of the audience for Voices of the Elephant. And we'll see you right here next time on Voices of the Elephant. Thanks for listening to Voices of the Elephant. Voices of the Elephant is copyright EICC Incorporated and released under a Creative Commons attribution, no derivatives, share and share alike license. To nominate someone to be a guest on Voices of the Elephant, visit our website and click on the nominate link. The URL is voicesoftheelephant.com. Elephant is of course spelled E-L-E-P-H-P-A-N-T.